It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 229, for maybe the end of Feb, maybe the start of March. I don't know what's going on anymore. 2023, that's the year. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright. Joining me is co-host Ben Salter. Hello, Ben. As people know, this is recorded in advance. So please, let's not talk about any news that may have happened that we don't know about. There's no need, because all the news happened at the start of the month. Very busy start of February. Uh, So we've now had time to actually play games. It's also been a busy month to actually play games. There's the game that we've been teasing for. We may as well just get straight into it. That we've yeah. been teasing for weeks because it came out a few weeks ago. Uh, we do probably need to say off the top, there is some, how would you phrase it? There's JK Rowling is a transphobic, horrible person who has horrible thoughts, words, and actions. We don't condone anything she says. We think that trans people are people. We think that inter- uh, intersex and binary people should have the same equal rights as everyone else. And don't even come at me, bro, because if you have a different opinion, it's 2023 and like get on board, people, because so you can absolutely hate rolling and you can have a different opinion about the game that we're about to talk about, Hogwarts Legacy. Anything you want to add? I think you've nailed it. You can still you can separate the game if you choose to not do that and you think you bundle them up. That's also a very valid opinion. I would just say let people make their own choice and don't be hatefully pushing your own opinion on people and abusing them on their choice. Let people make their own mind up on this. And in like the very Star Trek nature of of what I think we should be holding ourselves uh, to be as, as humans, like fighting hate with hate is not a great response. So mm. let's try to open up a dialogue if people have disagreements and get them to understand why we're all people and we should, you know, offer kindness, courtesy, and respect to one another. But anyway, let's talk about Alohomora and stuff. Is that a spell? Yeah. I don't actually know. With, with that out of the way, let's talk Hogwarts Legacy because it's a, a very good game. It's basically the the game we've always wanted to play in the Harry Potter universe. It's kind of like the early 2000s when you wanted to play this big open world game and experience Hogwarts for yourself. It's finally here and that's what it is. And I think that's why like, it's breaking all crazy records on Steam for concurrent players at the moment. On Twitch, I think it's got the record for a single player game. There's a lot of interest in this. Uh, And I think it's because of that. It's taking a lot of people back to their childhood in that I would like to experience what it's like to be at Hogwarts myself. And you can. You can kind of play it how you want. You can be the type of, within reason, like it's obviously a licensed game. You can't, it's not a full-on crazy, customizable, do whatever you want, choose your own adventure. Like the main narrative is pretty well set. Uh, But you can make some decisions and you can kind of decide to be a a lighter Harry Potter-style wizard or maybe more of a Slytherin-style uh, use the unforgivable curses if you like. They are in the game. You don't learn those from your professor. You learn them in another way. So uh, I think the law side of things is pretty strong. Uh, how much have you played? Uh, I am still probably in like the second or third day, I guess, of Hogwarts. I just learned, I'm trying to, because people know what spells are. I've just learned like Incendio not too long ago, if okay. that helps as a kind of focal yeah, point. Have you got your, have you got your, your broom yet? No. Um, and oh. I've been I've been making it a habit to not follow the the beaten path when I have an option to go and do all the side quests and explore and do this and that and the other. Mm. So um, it's I'm I'm having a really good time of it. It's you know like I it, it couldn't be a day without me mentioning Star Trek, and I've already done it on this bloody podcast. But like Star Trek Online is not a great game, but it's like a chance for me to get to like role play 
as if I was in Star Trek. Like as a kid, even as a grown adult, like that's that's I would be so excited if I could magically like just be transported up to the Enterprise and like live in Star Trek. I definitely would. And this is in the same vein, but like a, a much nicer, like far more polished, you know, sandbox to play in. So you get to go yeah. and be sorted. You get to go and pick your own wand. You get to go and learn spells and go into dueling class. And apparently you get to get on a broom. Like it's it's like the little Harry, po- par- Harry Potter fantasy that people want to have. So I understand why the appeal of this game is what it is. Exactly. And there's no Potter to be seen. That's kind of the, you're your own wizard. You get to pick your own name. I picked Grillis Threepwood, uh, which is, I didn't realize you're going to have to pick a name. So I went with my gamertag plus uh, the star's surname from Monkey Island. I thought yep. that sounded Harry Potterish. What did you go with? I just went with Steve, right? So now when I walk oh. around everywhere, because it does it all to the, all the characters, like it's first name, yeah. last name. It's like very... It, I don't like it. It's, it. It makes me uncomfortable for some reason. It's just like Steve Wright. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Why? That's why I didn't use my name. Uh, and they, they do it quite well. Like, so you can pick your your look, and um, that kind of goes way further. It grows very destiny, and you keep getting like robes and hats and scarves and gloves and things, and they affect your stats. So they bump up your uh, offense and defense. So you kind of end up often in dodgy looking attire because it buffs you uh, when you're in combat. So, and then you kind of get attached, and you can. I think there are ways you can kind of level up things that you're more committed to. I haven't really bothered with that yet. I pretty much just put on something when I get it that's um, higher stats. And yeah, you can do all that. But your your performance, you've got just the male or female voice actor's performance. And they, they're very extremely British yes. uh, to the point that my my partner said, I didn't realize Daniel Radcliffe is in this game. And I said, no, no, it's just a British man who sounds kind of Radcliffe-esque. Like the main character. Uh, that, guy, that guy's yeah. uh, Sebastian Croft, who's in Heartstopper, and hope if you saw him, you'd be like, "Oh, that guy! He was in Doom Patrol, uh, I think, for an episode. He's quite good." Um, similar accent, but yeah, like just quickly back to the Destiny thing. Ninety percent of the gear that you get is just god awful ugly. You mm. can once you equip it, go back to like the main gear screen, highlight the thing that you want to change, and hit X on Xbox. I'm making a guide for this as soon as we finish talking and then you can just pick like whatever you want it to actually look like so you can transform your gear so you don't look like like the best goggles i have are like they're almost like the (laughs) joke ones with like the springs that come out like you look like a clown so you yeah yeah, you can have stat benefits but you can make your character look like a, a a not insane clown posse fan or something there's yeah there are some insane outfits uh the performances are pretty good that's where i was going with that it's uh, they they somehow get around the fact that they never mention your name, but it doesn't feel like an awkward way because you, you your own name everything else is quite scripted and dialogued and there's there's heaps of cutscenes. So uh, the side quest is a little bit generic. Is quite often a younger student being like, "Oh, can you get this thing for me, please? Nice fifth year." Uh, but but the main the main quests actually pretty good and certainly beyond where you've gotten up to. Like it gets a lot more involved and there's of course those baddies who are after a teenager who's the worst and they need to get him. I wouldn't be Harry Potter without that. Um, and so, yeah, I think they've done a pretty good job performance-wise. It's it's probably the best. I think it's better than the um, Fantastic Beats movies. Like I'm way more involved in this story than any of those. Yeah. And I think setting it like 100 years before the events of the, the story up until now kind of gives it enough separation that there's no you knowing exactly what's coming. There's some definitely some nods to some famous families, uh, but like it's it's kind of its own story and they can pretty much do whatever they like because there's enough time in between that 
it could be something which doesn't have to influence what that, what's to come. That all the stuff that you're uncovering that's been forgotten in in the wizarding world will somehow be forgotten again by the time that yeah. Harry rocks up. Fair I enough. Suppose like, it's kind of like a, a lot of things happen, you know. If, if you had the invisibility cloak just like somehow like happen to get in your possession, especially now at the end of this whole arc, knowing mm. what that really is, not just like a cool little invisibility thing. Yeah, that wouldn't work. So there's like a random spell that no one else seems to ever know how to use in the future of this from where we are, there's but whatever. Like it's a it's a video game conceit. So I'm, I'm someone clearly, it. I don't want to give away any spoilers, so all I'll say is someone hasn't looked through the achievement list in full, clearly. Uh, haven't. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a good example of something which they, they did a really good job of explaining. Uh, like, that's quite early on. You need to kind of sneak around the restricted section, which is very Philosopher's Stone. That was there's some things which are kind of inspired by events that have happened in the movie and a different take on it 100 years earlier. Uh, boys will be boys, I suppose, or girls will be girls if you're the female character, or whatever you choose or, to be. Wi- yeah, wizarding Witches world and wizards people will be, will be wizarding world ba- people. Basically, yes, yes, those magical people like to break the rules. Yes. That's where I'm trying to get. Um, and so they kind of explain, like, obviously, if you just had the invisibility cloak and you could just run right through, it's not great gameplay there. Uh, so they, they teach you a spell which makes you invisible-ish, but they kind of say, oh, it's not that good. Like, it's they'll see you if you're close. Um, and later on, you can get a potion, which makes you a bit more invisible than that, but still, you know, so there's like a very RPG. Um, but yeah, I quite like how careful they've been with the law to kind of explain, oh, a cloak would be much better, but obviously they're too expensive. Like there's just little throwaway lines like that, which are, I think, more careful than some of the later books were, where they often just kind of threw away all these world-building things and they moved on to, now everyone can just teleport everywhere. Uh, but like that's, like there's... Yeah, it's quite careful, and it's obviously made by people who are passionate about it and not wanting to break anything that's come before it. Yeah, which is good. And I guess that it's weird in a way because you can see the passion in creating this. And and we've had chats with, you know, like friend of the show, Tano, who's like, this is great, but like, I don't think I can recommend it to my partner. No. Because there are so many Harry Potter things crammed into it. The design maybe is a bit too complex. Unless you're like it's a very complex gamer. I would agree. So maybe that's why it's so popular on Twitch as well. Like it's something people just want to like feel like they're involved, but they can't actually play it themselves. Uh, and the further you get in, the more complex it gets. So initially like spell casting, for example, is you, you have like generic attack just on right bumper. Then you hold that down and you can assign any spell to the four face buttons. Uh, and then as you unlock them, you can then use D-pad to change to like four other um, set of spells so sometimes the spell you want is like hold uh right bumper then like left on d-pad and then like uh a or x or something like oh, you need to kind of remember where you've works? assigned them as you get more and more spells you don't have to do that they're optional unlocks um i think it's really useful because otherwise you're constantly having to like change when, especially when you get something which like you probably have your, your few favorites which work for combat but then um there are several that you need to get through puzzles and get through the world building type of stuff um, and it's kind of annoying to have to constantly change to those. Some of them I do because I don't want to waste a slot on something that I use like once every three hours. Um, but yeah, like that's quite complicated, especially in combat, which is it's way better than I expected it to be. But it's tough. Like you need to kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, that's the problem that I have is I have I, I thought I only had maybe I have more. I don't know. I, I wasn't aware that this was the case. Go unlock them. OK, well, I have four spots and I have I kind of have like a red one down the bottom. I've tried to keep the color. In this, like, so I know that yellow is. I always have Lumos because that seems to be helpful all the time at the at the top 
of or that's yeah. Y, I guess, on an Xbox controller. And then like Incendio on the bottom, Leviosa on the right, and Accio on the left. And I try to keep whatever colors those are the same and color. But then like probably... that means you don't need Incendio, so you gotta switch to Expelliarmus or whatever on the bottom one. So I'm always in like the right menu, like looking for the spell I want and then hitting A to assign it. That's a pain in the butt. That is a bit clunky. So I suppose you actually end up with up to twelve spells assigned at once because you use d-pan to swap between your like preset face buttons so but i do the same thing but to not get confused i always have spells are basically grouped into a color and those colors align to like enemy shields which you need to break them so i always have like my you get incendio pretty early on and then you get like a different kind of similar attack that's more powerful later on or expelliarmus is also a red spell so they all work for that red enemy and i always have that as the bottom one so when i cycle through my different sets Red's at the bottom, you know, purple's left, yellow's right. Otherwise, you get too confused. Um, yeah, this that's... is confusing already, like, if, if I'm being honest. But, like, okay, I... you, you sort of get the hang of it. Combat I... makes it a bit yeah. more difficult, I think, because I'm having trouble hitting. So, like, as an example, Expelliarmus is red, Incendio is red. You might mm. fight an enemy, if, if you're fighting a witch or wizard, that has like a red bubble around them. So you have to hit them with a red spell, like one of those. Or they have yellow and you have hit Leviosa, or they have a purple and you have to hit them with a purple spell. Yeah. I'm trying to hit those people, and either I'm like moving my camera to try to hit them, and it's deciding I want to hit someone off screen, or I've clicked down on the right stick to target them, but I've also like tried to spin the camera, so it's reassigned my target lock. So I'm hitting like a purple oh really wizard with like the red spell that i meant for the person in red that i've kind of like not like i just i'm not having a good time with combat lock trying to get okay aiming basically but maybe i'm just bad because it doesn't sound like you've had this problem no i mean so you like hold down left trigger to lock onto an enemy and then you bounce between them with right stick which is um i mean it's exactly the same as like how metroid is which i'm also playing at the moment it's very zeldery so maybe that's why i'm kind of used to that style uh, and it's kind of like, so uh, the difference here compared to like a Spider-Man or a Batman, and it's very heavily inspired by that. It's kind of people wait their turn style of combat flow and you need to kind of like attack, attack, counter, dodge, block. You kind of get into that rhythm. It's a bit slower because you're spell casting and you're a ranged character only. Like they're both obviously close in brawlers basically. Um, and then there's, there's kind of two types of enemies. There's other wizards who are attacking you with spells, and then there's like melee characters who are just trying to bash you, and a lot of those are creatures and things that you run across. And it that's where I'm surprised at how well it does work. Like you're kind of a mid-range fighter, basically, in that you need to kind of stay pretty close and you need to use your dodge, but you don't really have a close-range attack. Some of the spells are meant for close-range. That's how they've kind of gone around with it. Yeah, Incendio um, but- doesn't have a very far... No, area of but, effect. It's, but it's very powerful if you do hit it like real close, especially against an enemy that you've like hit back recently and they don't have much health left. So, yeah, it does take time to get into it. I think it was classic game, even all the other RPG elements around it. Uh, it would be tough to play this for a little bit and then leave it and then come back to it. Like you need to be in the zone and used to it because it is quite a unique take on combat. And it is the more you play, the more complex it gets, as I just mentioned. But that's kind of the point we're trying to make is that it's not easy. It's not that accessible for such a mainstream series. 
But that's it. By the time you do unlock all those extra spells and have them ready to go, you've played so much that you're a bit more used to it and you're kind of more in the flow. So it, it does guide you along. And I think it's kind of a slow tutorial the first like four or five hours until you get oh, your broom at least. A little too slow, to be honest, in some points. is I can't remember. There must be like a story difficulty setting that you can pick. I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. I think there was. So it sort of gets around that, but uh, yeah, like it's it is a bit complex. I'm not really using the left trigger, which maybe that I should be using the left trigger to help aim and lock. But like, it's like I just I haven't felt the need to because if you hit right trigger, like you'll hit the thing that you're meant to be hitting. The problem is if there's like three or four enemies and you have one mm. like dead center in screen and no one else is around, you would assume that that is you're going for that one, and then you lock onto it. And then if you're like looking around to see what's happening around you because you're getting like in Arkham asylum style like spider sense triggers of like oh you're you, you need to shield or you need to dodge like that screws that up so maybe i just need to get the left trigger yeah it's going. A bit, it's 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 probably actually more zelda in that sense it's like whoever you're targeting with your lock-in at the moment is the one that you need to be kind of focus on so yeah i would i would work on that uh the only tip that comes to mind that i can remember right now is when you do the broom mission with Madam whoever, who's very similar to the character from the books, but 100 years earlier. Uh, like, they teach you how to fly, you kind of muck around, but you don't get a broom then. You need to go into Hogsmeade, which is like the main town area, and buy one. And maybe I just missed it because there's so many prompts in this game. It's a little bit Ubisoft-esque in that regard. Uh, I didn't actually realize you need to go... Like, I thought they would just give you one. You need to go buy a broom, and then you've got it all the time, and you can zoom around. Um, so, yes, remember to do that. Go to whatever it's called, the broom store. The broom store. That's definitely what it's called. <laughs> um, cool. Like it's, I I like it. I think it's it's if you're a Harry Potter fan, it's you're going to like it. It is very slow at the start, but like yeah. uh, I know my husband's further in than I am. I know you are. Like it it it's not. I'm not not enjoying it, and I'm getting a lot of enjoyment from going in. Like I figured out what to do with the the blank uh mirrors or whatever like blank canvases that require something to kind of like activate them without spoiling mm. it if people want to figure that out themselves like i did all that kind of stuff on my own i still don't quite understand how the the weird doors work with the, like the locks that have question marks that you gotta but i've like unlocked one just because both of the locks were right beside each other so i just played with all the combinations until i got in like i like that kind of thing that sense of exploration on top of yeah. like this well it's hogwarts this castle that i am familiar with like it's just it's a fun little distraction from as an example a first week of a new job that was very stressful and made me require like a nice little bit of escapism that's exactly what it is it's, it's a world to lose yourself in uh you do need to do more side quests than i originally had hoped and i find them a bit more monotonous but that said uh, some of them are pretty cool. Like the way they get around the fact that you need to unlock all these spells and you're starting as a fifth year, which is unusual, but makes sense. Like no one wants to go play as 11-year-old whoever who's learning about flavored beans for the first time. Like you can have a much more action-packed adventure as a fifth-year student, but you haven't been to Hogwarts yet. No one knows who you are. You need to learn all these spells. And so your professors kind of give you basically side quests to go use certain things in certain places. And that's how you unlock more spells. Uh, and several of those are kind of lock the main quest. So it's like, you need to go do this thing. 
the, the main annoyance for me is sometimes you have to buy stuff and it's actually quite hard to get currency or at least i had never really figured out how to get it in a good way at least early on when you need it everything i have because i thought Basically, initially because yeah. i didn't realize you could change the appearance of it and i'm like i don't want to look ugly i just sold mm. everything i owned because i didn't want to wear weird googly eyes or like a stupid hat <laughs> yeah and you level up so much like often the thing you get which is now your most powerful thing if you don't want to bother changing the appearance two minutes later you find another thing which is better and so you're kind of off that. But yes, if you, um, I need to actually look into that more because I never really bothered. I did it a couple of times by accident and I was like, oh, you can change it, but it not really bother me that much. But yes, I do look like a weird dweeb most of the time <laughs> I play this game. Well, I got to take uh, a photo for the guide I'll make. So I'll send you the photo just so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or you can read the guide, I guess, but that's mean to make you have to read my guide to yeah, get the well, information that I could Well, I think ask. a lot of people will go searching guides. Like, as you say, it's a game which, uh, like, exploring the castle and exploring the world, like, so Hogsmeade's kind of the next biggest town. There's a bunch of little settlements around. More You unlock more as you play. It's why you kind of need your broom. And I think, and uh, no spoilers, but you can kind of progress beyond the broom at some point, fly around it another way. Um, and so if you bought the digital deluxe edition, you already know what that is. You can fly on a golden snitch. Wow. That's, oh, that's insane. Right. Oh no. Like the very first thing this game says is like, Quidditch is canceled. It's like, bummer. Uh, is that it? Oh, I don't want to know. I'm assuming that's just a joke. Hopefully. Well, it's, yeah, we no, no don't tell me, don't tell show. me, don't tell no me. Spoilers. Um, cause it's, it's been mentioned in passing as I'm walking, as I'm walking by people, like quite a bit yeah like they're really trying to drive it home which would lead me to believe that it's a fake out but let's not talk about that anymore they've they've gone very anti-dumbledore with a cranky professor like headmaster uh which is good like different story different way around things but yeah just exploring the castle finding all those secrets many of which you could just ignore um it's kind of half the fun because a lot of it is kind of that magical style and it's it's quite different to other games the the gameplay powering it is all very up action rpg so mm. if you played anything you know which anything of that vein you'll probably figure out what it wants you to do uh but a lot of it you could ignore a lot of it's just kind of things you can choose to interact with and yeah i think it's it's quite a smart way to do that but as we've been pretty much the the message through this whole chat is you need to be able to play that type of game it's not a um chamber of secrets on ps2 you pick it up you play through 10 levels it's pretty straightforward like it's quite complex and involved how you want to play is really up to you if you want to push through the main quest or you want to spend that time taking your time exploring, unlocking a bunch more stuff, uh, unlocking the googly eyes and realizing you don't need them, doing all your classes, all that stuff. Like it's, I think that's where the fun of it really is, even just like scooting around in my broom. Love it. Yeah. Even though the, the main quest, like the side quest for your broom is very Superman 64. It's very like go pop some balloons or fly through some rings. <laughs> and you know what? It's still fun because like you can see the world around you. So yeah, that's what it is. Great world to escape into. Maybe one, if you have a Harry Potter fan partner who's not a gamer, them to kind of watch you play. Like, I think that's still some level of fun in just kind of seeing the world and a different take on Hogwarts if they're not kind of up to playing it themselves. Yeah. Or at least, like, you control all the stuff and, like, when you need me for a fight, I'll be over there kind of thing. Like, I'll hmm. swap out. Um, which house did you get sorted into? Or rather, which house did you absolutely intentionally pick the answers to get the house that you wanted to be sorted into i let it sort me and i went with it but you can just change your mind uh, i went ravenclaw i decided i didn't want either of gryffindor or slytherin because i feel like the books more so the movies are like that they get all the like they get all the glory there so okay. i wanted something different and i went ravenclaw what i went do? gryffindor so does that mean like natty is not your friend or is she also no, she's ravenclaw? my friend okay so that was my that was what i was trying to get at without trying to is be she a gryffindor she is for me, and there's like I think a, she is for me too. 
there's a Weasley who's in Gryffindor who's like my bestie. Yeah, and there's, and there's someone that... who's not Hermione, but her what's her name? Cassidy, Cassida. So oh, are the, yeah. so you have oh, just yeah. you have different characters that you're interacting with, or you or you don't. No, I, I have those ones. I have uh, Sebastian's like my main uh, like come and be bad with me in Slytherin guy. Slytherin, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I think I think these like these main characters, you can interact with them to the degree you want. Often it's like choosing, like when you go to Hogsmeade the first time, it's which of your buddies do you want to go with? And I did pick Natty because I thought she seemed like the best one. Well, and um, it's quite clever that she is in the same boat as you. Like she's a she's not a new. Well, I guess you're. I, are you a new Witcher wizard? I think you are. Really, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, yeah. she's not. But she's like new to Hogwarts. So like you're kind of that's you're learning about things in a way that if you were really a fifth year student who'd been there for five years, you'd be like, why are you treating me like this? Like, I know, mm. I know that. So it's a good, it's a good way to pair people and convey concepts and things that otherwise yeah. would be out of place. So that's a good point. If you, if you've been watching other people play and you kind of pick some of the side characters that you'd like to spend more time with, cause you kind of align yourself with a few more over others. They don't have to be in your house, like so, which is true to the story up until now. Like people are buddies with people outside of their house. It's not a me versus you situation. So uh, that doesn't really, as far as I'm aware, and there's a lot of things which maybe can change things, but I don't think that makes a huge difference which house you pick end of the day. Yeah. It can, how some quests play out definitely do. Like there's some points where it's kind of like, oh, the Ravenclaw is finally here type of situation. Like definitely some of the dialogue, some of the people you meet, how quests kind of form, maybe more side quests does seem to make a difference but like your character interaction is really up to you yeah and i like that it's not i feel like the the books especially and the movie like they're the same thing same source material like slytherin mm -hmm. wasn't like the devious shrewd you know like machiavellian perhaps like characteristics of a person they were just like oh they're definitely just like the scum of the earth evil person and like yeah. there are there are quests where you could go and kind of like be a little bit more of that mentality but it's not like it's like you find something that someone's lost and you can either give it back to them or you can like keep a portion of something for your own benefit or you can like try to get money out of them you're not like at least initially like severing their arm or something because you're just like a horrible person like it's there's more nuance in that and yeah. it's you know like it's which is good i'm i'm enjoying that kind of thing as well yeah, you kind of give yourself your characterization. So there's not a huge degree of like in those uh, dialogue trees of, of choice. It's normally like two, maybe three options. But you uh, pretty much you can be polite or you can be kind of neutral or a bit of a bastard. So it depends on what you want. And like I told my herbology teacher, I'm not interested. It's like a waste of time or something like that. And it's like I kind of thought that might be like, well, you're out. You can't do this anymore. But it's just like, oh, we'll win you over like. So it doesn't make, I don't think it makes a huge difference. Obviously, anything main quest is pretty kind of locked in. Yeah. But it does kind of change your characterization a bit. Like, and how you're seeing the character you're playing as and their reaction to things is kind of, it is up to you. Yeah. But it's almost, it's more moment to moment. And like, it's you, yeah. you making that connected narrative across the the decisions more than like, you don't pick something and have like a renegade icon pop up with a meter that no. fills up or anything like that which is good because sometimes like if that's done well great but most times it becomes excessively binary and by the end you're like murdering babies just because that's how you live now i was like okay not yeah anyway none of that which good. is yeah definitely it's it's definitely fairly family friendly but not as much as harry potter like that we know like Obviously, there's so much more combat than anything we've had before. 
um, you do destroy a bunch of goons. And I'm sure some of the spells are kind of like, oh, they're just incapacitated. Or you find a lot of statues. So it's kind of like they can be destroyed or like, you know, spiders and various mythical creatures. Uh, but, I mean, you are pretty brutal. Like for a 15-year-old, you're going through just slaying beasts and murdering goons. So you I'm kind pretty of have to sure I used my super magic power to like just rip a goblin into a million pieces pretty early on. Yeah. So. so that's why there is, it does kind of bring up um, the unforgettable curse or unforgettable curses kind of saying like, well, these are a big deal to use these, like actually killing people and that type of thing. But I kind of feel like I've been doing that with these other spells the whole time. Maybe I've just managed them somewhere or something, but I don't know. If that's going to make me more of a dark character and maybe that's where it's trending, uh, I don't really mind. Like I, I feel like that's been my go the whole time. There you go. Maybe maybe there'll be DLC where I can fight you because you're the evil villain now and I'm I'm the, the Gryffindor picking all the nice, polite answers like a good yeah, boy. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I look so good. I'm really happy with my character creation, but that's beside the point. Mm. Um, what else do you want to talk about? We're probably like 30 minutes in, so the answer could be nothing. It's up to you. That might be pretty much it. We'll just quickly skim over the fact that we seem to be in like a, a bit of a golden era of licensed games. Like they're back, right? Like so early days of, of Xbox One and PS4, I feel like the licensed game was dead. It wasn't like THQ kind of had a stranglehold on like the PS2 era when it was every single movie and TV show had a bunch of games for it. I think there were like something like six or seven games for Attack of the Clones. So we we're at that level. Then we got to the Marvel movie era and like nothing. Um, and so now we, what's changed? Like I kind of feel like we've got Spider-Man, we've got Whole Watch Legacy. It's kind of like a they've been given, they've been released from the shackle of the B-grade kind of movie time. They're kind of like licensed games now tied to a franchise, but to be its own thing. And I wouldn't, I didn't really see it coming back like this in such force. Yeah, well, and for every Spider-Man, there's a Gotham Knights, so don't yeah we're, we're in a yeah. we're in a different period in terms of what's being made and thankfully a lot of it's good some of it's bad i would love like a star trek game that's because i'm bringing it back to star trek that's that's not Boy. star trek online mmo that's more like a hogwarts legacy but i guess the problem there is that and with most licenses is that you have to pick the right one because a star trek game where you're running around basically just like shooting everything would be fun and role play and there would be the elements where you're exploring and stuff. But, like, is that necessarily what Star Trek is? Like, we just go around and, like, maim people and shoot them? Like, no, not really. So, I mean, that's the same as Hogwarts, right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're a lot more brutal because of the nature of the game. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's, like, basing games on these franchises rather than tying them directly to a movie has made a huge difference. So yeah. it's worked well for Spider-Man. Batman probably did it first, but then it kind of fell away a little bit. And Wolverine's um, coming. Like that'll be like, he's, that's, he is, he's a ball of violence. It's yeah. perfect. So uh, like Bethesda's working on Indiana Jones, right? So, I mean, that's kind of tied to a new movie coming out, but I think the game's totally its own thing. Avatar was meant to get a game. I've no idea what happened to that, but again, like separate to the movie. Uh, I think, is it still rumored that IO Interactive is working on a Bond game that's like totally separate to... No, it's announced? not rumored. It's it's announced it's thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And so like that franchise has been dead for like 10 years. There hasn't been a new game. And they were all pretty much tied directly. They tried to do their own separate stories. Uh, like Bloodstone, I think, was one of the more recent ones. And it was, I mean, it was decent, but like they... Yeah, they just got a bit too we release a game when a movie comes out type of situation. And I think having something like that just go with a developer who will make a great game based on that, doing their own thing. That seems to be the winning formula. Oh, yeah. Don't don't tie it into a specific event, but make t tie a 
developer with a franchise that makes sense. Like maybe before mm. Uncharted, an Indiana Jones game was kind of like, I don't know, it'd be like a platformer, like a pitfall kind of thing. But now, yeah. you know, like with Uncharted, with even Tomb Raider, like that's, you know, you don't need any further proof that an Indiana Jones game in that vein and that style will work very well. Hitman, IO Interactive, they've been making James Bond games for years now just uh, albeit a different name and a different slight setup but like you you understand how that's going to translate very well like just yeah pick the right license pick the right person to do something with it and you we benefit which is great huzzah good time to be playing licensed games which i never thought i'd be saying (laughs) (laughs) well we're in the golden era then i guess that's right I don't know. That's right. And that's uh, that's about it for this week, I think. We've covered a lot of Hogwarts Legacy. We've had plenty of time for the listeners to actually play it, which is nice. So we haven't spoiled anything, and it's it's always good to kind of be able to talk about things a little bit after release. So that's what we've been trying to do. I think we've been off track slightly the first few weeks of this year, but we're back on that. Yeah. Talking, talking about games that both the two of us have played and that hopefully other people have played as well. So that's our format mostly for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah. We'll be back next week. I've no, no idea what we're talking about next week, but something we'll, will be out. We'll figure it out. In the meantime, go and read Ben's Hogwarts Legacy review on the site if you are on the fence. There's also a big thing about why uh, Rowling isn't someone that you should be uh, holding in high regard. Uh, I talked about Star Trek Picard. That's like officially out now this week. Uh, I think I'm putting up a post about... They, they do this weird closing credits now that's kind of like in the Marvel studios style of like all these glimpses of things as the credits are rolling and like there's like a 50 million easter eggs so that's what i focused on um without spoiling anything and that's enough survivor.com blah 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 you know the deal give us a rating on podcast platforms or something i don't know i'm not good at the spruiking ben see you next week see you next week